Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Welcome back. This is our first podcast back from anniversary episodes. Technically, it's our second. Well, whatever. Second, you know, one back from the what you call it, majiggers. Um, anyways, I uh, hope everybody's had a great, you know, few weeks. I hope everybody enjoyed the anniversary episode. I've been bitten by a mysterious bug and I might lose my pinky finger. So I'll keep you updated on that one. I'll <laughs> keep you updated. <laughs> We're super excited to be back with you guys. Um, The anniversary episodes were awesome, and we hope that you guys are going to watch them. Make sure to go also check out the Indie Author panel, which is still up on our YouTube. And uh, yeah, you guys go back and listen to all of the cool stuff that we talked about uh, for our celebration of 365 days. And now we're back to our regular scheduled bullshit. (laughs) And we're almost at 5,000 plays all time. And you want to know why? That's because we have amazing listeners. That's why, Steve. Like, what the what the fuck are you all doing listening to us? Like, <laughs> seriously, like it. You probably need help. Honestly, like you probably don't need to be listening to us. We have issues. So funny story because I'll just tell this because it's absolutely hysterical. Um, as you know, holidays with the bells just happened with uh in uh I guess it was Dallas, mm-hmm. and. Harlow Ray and K.K. Allen were there and Heather O'Dron and people like that and their little group got back together so of course they posted a picture on Facebook and I commented on it and was like I said but for real can we get all three of you on a podcast episode I said Harlow and K.K. already know shit goes sideways when they come (laughs) but Heather hasn't had the chance to meet us yet (laughs) I'm telling you I'd be scared and I said that's to be determined (laughs) I, I'm honestly, I, I, I'll talk to anybody. I mean, honestly, I don't even care. I'm a good time with anybody. I also, because we always tell people like shit goes sideways when they, when people come on here, because it does, (sighs) this is our life. I literally just, does anybody else still do this? Like, I know a lot of people with their mothers, like they move out of the house and they text their mom and they're like, mom you know, do I put like this much laundry detergent in my laundry? You know, like, even though you're a grown woman, you still like text your mom. Okay. Why is it that I messaged my dad? And I'm like, dad, should I go to the ER? I think I was bit by something. What bite is this? And like, hopefully he texts me back and he's like, oh no, it's not probably going to call you and be like, um, I'm going to need you to go to the hospital right now. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't think it looks that bad. Like it's not oozing or anything like that. What if it's just like an ingrown hair? It doesn't hurt is the thing. Like if I press on it, it's a little sore, but it, it's not itchy. Mosquitoes. Huh? Are you allergic to mosquitoes? Oh my God. What if I've got Ebola? You don't. Oh my God. <laughs> All okay. right. Back to the book world. 
anyways, anyway, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm having, I'm having a hypochondriac moment. Um, we are super excited to chat with the author that's here with us today. Who's like chilling in the waiting room while we do this, uh, intro. Um, she is most known for her football series and she recently has just released a book and uh, we're super excited to talk to her about it. And I'm going to go ahead and read her little. We didn't just, you just completely skipped something. What? Uh, you've released a book since the last time we were here. Oh, well, shit. You told, well, I didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want to like jack her shit. Also, I released a book since the last time we were here. It's called The Lies We Steal. It is available on all platforms. And if you like dark romance with, you know, some spicy hot men and some amazingly badass heroines, then I think you need to go check it out. Um, but that, yeah, so that that's my book. Make sure you go look it up. You can check it out on any platform. Now, back to what I was saying. Super excited to chat with the author that's coming with us today. And I'm going to go ahead and read her uh, bio, if that's all. Stevie? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Bella Matthews is a Jersey girl at heart. She's married to her very own alpha male and raising three little ones. You can typically find her running from one sporting event to another. When she is home, she is usually hiding in her home office with the only other female in the house, her rescue dog, Tinkerbell, by her side. She likes to write swoony-worthy, swoon-worthy heroes and sassy smart heroines with a healthy dose of, dose of laughter thrown in. Let's go chat with Bella Matthews. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Bella Matthews, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today with you guys. We are super excited to have you. Also, listen to me, lady. I need more stickers from you. Do you have more? I have more. Listen to me. So like, you don't even have to send me books. I just need like the stickers (laughs) because I got, when I got the under, when I got under pressure and I saw those stickers inside of them, I was like, (laughs) the lady after my own heart. I I love love stickers. Me too. I'm a sticker girl. Like my old laptop died and I had my old cover covered in stickers and when I got the new one, I haven't gotten a cover yet. So I haven't put any on there and it's actually bothering me. I need to do that. Well, see, I see you post these aesthetically pleasing photos all the time of you got like of you like writing or like your little computer, and all yes. you have is like the kings of Coyden Hills yes. like on or whatever. And that's I'm like, my- oh, that's so pretty and like minimalistic. And mm-hmm. here's mine covered with like about anything you could fucking possibly imagine. Everything but the kitchen sinks on that bad boy. So I look like a twelve year old boy, but it's fine. I don't even care. All right. I'm here for it. So we are super excited to chat with you today. Uh, we're gonna jump right on into questions about your books and all that good jazz. Stevie, do you want me to take this one and then you can do reading questions after? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. So we're gonna go into the series that started it all, and that's the King of Kings of Croydon Hills. And if I say that wrong during this <laughs> podcast, somebody just like smack my hand. It's all okay. Good. So what was your initial initial inspiration for the series and what made you want to do football? Um, we're a huge football family. I okay. grew up in a huge football family. My father played in college, like the entire mm. family played. He coached, he played cousins played you name it and then I married an all-american football player so like of course you know hello Friday Friday. Night Lights hello Friday Night Lights and that's always our joke because my husband in high school played for an all-boys school and so he's always like I I missed out I didn't get the cheerleaders I didn't get the you know he's getting it now so is 
is basically your husband. You're basically telling me that your husband's like Matt Harrison in like season one of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> My husband wishes he was Matt Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's okay. No, it's okay. Such a far stretch. <laughs> okay. Well, no. he's yeah. I Friday Night Lights is like my favorite TV show ever. Um, also, what you football fan? Like, where? What? What team are we rooting for here? We are Eagles through and through, even when they suck like they did last night. Okay. We are okay. huge Eagles fans. Are you guys um, college football fans? We are. We love all college football, though. There's not like one specific college that we love. Well, besides, I am Notre Dame all the way. My husband hates Notre Dame, so we oh, kind of we duke it out when that happens. Um, gotcha because he brings the Italian to the family and I bring the Irish. So, um, I love <laughs> Notre it. Dame's like me and my little guy are big, huge Notre Dame fans. My husband likes everybody. That's not them. <laughs> Roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a huge an uncle from, from Louisiana. So it's an LSU, Alabama all my life. And I'm from Baltimore. Listen, <laughs> like, that, that's a, you end up with that then my aunt was a economics professor for Alabama for god 37 years mm -hmm. so our family rooted for Alabama since she first yep. got a job there yep and it just became an on running thing and then my aunt married her husband who is an LSU fan <laughs> that is like that's like Romeo and Juliet yeah <laughs> two very different people there oh yeah they See, are I was literally having this conversation with my husband the other day about how my dad is just a sports like junkie in general. And I joke all the time, right? That my dad is a human encyclopedia for sporting events. And we play this game called heads up, like on your phone or whatever. And they have one called sports legends and everybody struggles with it except for my dad, right? Like you'll be holding a thing and he'll be like in 1977, she broke her ankle doing running the freaking 50 yard dash. And I'm like, <laughs> and I so he's like a huge sport fan in general like ESPN is just background noise all the time it's always on television so mm -hmm. we have sporting event like I like sporting events but from all of the world like over the areas like I don't just stick to one area like if I'm a Boston Bruins fan in hockey but an Alabama fan in college football and an LA Lakers fan in basketball like I'm all over the map here oh yeah like, and Virginia is kind of like one of those states where they're not exact. like you have the Virginia, you have a Virginia football team and a basketball team, but they're not like one of those states where you're like Boston Celtics, Boston Bruins, the Patriots, the Boston Red Sox, you know, like you're not like one of those states that have all four. So I was like, bro, I'm gonna go all over. I'm gonna have them all over the world. I love it. So you love football. The family loves football. And you were just like, I'm gonna write a bunch of hot guys in this football series. I did my, so so my oldest played football all growing up as in midgets. He's in high school now, but in midgets, yeah. he played football. My husband always coached the final year. He played in midgets. A couple of the high school coaches came down and helped out with the midget team because their sons were on the team. And so one night we're sitting there and like after the game, we're home. And my husband says, starts talking about these coaches. And I didn't realize the story that went with them. And it kind of, even though none of their stories are the books, it like, sparked something for me so these four coaches played together in high school they went two went to one college two went to the other they played together in college they came together after high school they're all teachers now they're all coaching together they've been coaching together for 20 some years they're yeah. like this huge little dynasty and they're all freaking hot like they're ridiculous so and they're older than me 
like these men are gorgeous and they're in their late 40s gorgeous so they're like yes. manly gorgeous and my husband's telling me these like funny stories and you know like one of them ended up marrying he was student teaching and he ended up marrying the student like funny stories oh my god I love it I know right so it kind of just was like it sparked a little something that sat in my brain for a while and kind of marinated and eventually turned into it so it's not that the books are them by any stretch because it has nothing to do with them but that was definitely that was the spark that started it I thought that is the coolest like that's the coolest (laughs) like inspirational story ever I love that of sex so it's it's nice and illegal now (laughs) all right very not yeah like (laughs) very bad very bad okay so book one in this series is all in and this is Brady and Natalie's story so this is a brother's best friend sports rom-com it's like everything delicious and amazing so what was your favorite part about writing their story I loved everything about it because it kind of just sort of fell into my lap during COVID um I got a new computer and I went for it. It just kind of was like kid number two broke my existing computer. I ordered a new one. And the day that it came, I set it up and said, screw it. Let me finally do this. I've been thinking about it for a while. So it was just fun because it was the first time I ever did it. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. So I just had fun the whole time. Right? Like when you have no clue, you don't know to stress about it. You don't know that you're going to publish it. You just are like, I want to do this. I've had this in my head. I'm going for it. So there was no stress. And it was just like, I got to fall in love with the characters and fall in love with writing and making these people come alive. And I just, I smiled the whole time I wrote that book, never planning to publish it. I was just like, I'm going to do this. This is fun. And I'm stuck inside for COVID. So let's do this imagine though like story of my life though it's like you write this book right don't plan on making a series don't even plan on publishing it and then you you publish it and then you have to look at it and you're like well fuck everything I said in book one has to, has to line up with the rest of them and I wasn't even like consciously thinking about that that was exactly it like I had Me too. that was not my plan and then all of a sudden I I was like okay well let me let me get send it to an editor let me see and I sent it to an editor on like a Monday, let's say. And on Tuesday, I was like plotting out book two. And I was like, well, fuck, I haven't really thought this through. I have like, yeah, exactly. A year later, I'm like, okay, uh, now I have a better idea going into the second series of pay attention to the little things. So you're not constantly going back to double check what you said in book one to make sure it matches up. But it was so much fun. I just smiled the whole darn time I wrote it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop smiling. I liked I like laughing. I'm, I'm a big laugher. So like just uh, the stupid little funny scenes, I got to write more of them. I feel like in that book than I did in the other three. And I really enjoy that. Like the, the funny, sarcastic, I'm super sarcastic. So that like plays out into all the books. You're on the best podcast ever for that. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. That I Sarcasm is my love language. Oh my God. Same. I love it. Right. So yeah. uh, more than a game is book two and this is Aiden and Sabrina who is Murphy okay for Aiden he's always the center of attention and Sabrina is more of the girl who kind of like lives in the background so it's kind of almost like an opposite track kind of vibe we got going on here so what was your initial inspiration for these characters and like who they were Murphy kind of came to life 
in All In. He wasn't even supposed to be book two. It was supposed to be Bash, but Murphy turned into this really loud character in my head that just mm -hmm. demanded his story be told. And I hadn't, like, I knew he was going to be loud because he was just this loud, fun-loving, gigantic teddy bear in the first book. Yeah. They called him the ginger giant. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. I love this guy. He's going to be a blast. And I was trying to figure out who the hell was going to be his leading lady. And I kind of kicked around all these ideas and none of them were working. And the entire time it was like an underlying thing, like, well, maybe Sabrina will work. And it just, she balanced him out. Like I, I never yeah. understood the authors that were like, oh, my characters talk to me. Cause I was a huge reader, huge bookstagrammer for years. And I always Literally. listened to them and they'd be like, oh, they talk to me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and I get it now because I swear to God. I, I swear like, I'm not fucking crazy. It's the truth. Right. It's I the swear truth. to God. They like, they tell me where to take the story. And it sounds nuts when you word it that way, but it was like, I would love to say this is where the inspiration came from for them. It just was there. He was there yelling at me that this is the story that needed to be told. I literally love that because I'm currently writing this character and I literally posted, I pulled this up. I literally pulled this up on my story. I posted this last night and it's like me to my new main character. No, you cannot do that. That's way too far. No. And then he's like, lady, write what I tell you and let's keep it moving. A hundred percent. Like she was not supposed to be his leading lady at all. It wasn't supposed to be his book. It was supposed to be Bash's book. Book number two was Bash. And I went to kind of figure some things out to start it. And it was like, no, it had to be him. He just was so freaking loud and so determined. Like, I'm not going to shut up until you write me. hundred <laughs> percent. I both hate and love those characters. <laughs> right. But so, he was easiest to write. He, oh yeah. Was, he flew from my fingers. Like I'm just about to write the end on book five. Murphy's book was written faster than any of the others. It was written easier than any of the others. It just flew out of my fingers. It's because they don't shut up. Right, 100%. Which is kind of I don't shut up either. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> right? So, book three is always earned and never given. Mm -hmm. This is Annabelle and Declan. Mm -hmm. And not only, like, you know, Annabelle's like kind of like in a, she's in a little rut, you know, in a very, you know, not a very happy place. Not only have her parents passed away, but she's also put her dreams on hold to raise her brother who happens to be autistic on the autism spectrum. So what would you think is like, and I feel like this book from what I can tell, like we've done research, like obviously I've read Under Pressure, but I hadn't read the ones before this and we've done research on it. But I can tell from this one that this one felt like it had, it was a little bit more heavier than the other ones. Right. So what do you think was the hardest part of writing that story since it was a little bit heavier? Um, that one was the first time I had to kind of plot out. I am a pantser. I am a total pantser. And with that book, I had to sit down and plot things out because I knew I wanted certain things to happen to get us to the end. And I knew I needed not to miss them because if I did, it would just F up the whole story. And that was the hardest part. It was figuring it out ahead of time instead of yeah. as I went. I freaking struggled unbelievably with that. Um, with the story itself, I kind of was in the mood to do heavy, like heavy worked for me and her brother so much of what she's dealing with is because, you know, it takes a lot to raise a child on the spectrum. And I know that because her brother's based on my middle guy, like through and through, there are so many things I stole right from my life that are just, we laugh all the time. Like our, we, my middle guy's name is Jackson. And we say that it's just Jack's world. We live in it. Like we do, you know, you got to do what works. And I had a lot of fun bringing him in as a character just for fun, like to, 
this is real life. This is what, you know, this is what real life is for some people. Their lives look a little different. They're not any worse or better. They're just a little different. And I had fun bringing that in there. Um, But yeah, the hardest part was trying to plot that bitch out. I had a hard time with that. I had a hard time with that and a harder time with that with under pressure because I really had to plot out stuff for under pressure. I don't like to plot. I love plotting. My brain would not like decompost if it would. I'm telling you. Program and everything. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how to do it. And I promise you, you'll take it and you'll do it and it'll work. But my aunt has a son. His name is Tristan. And he is, uh, which they don't call it Asperger's syndrome anymore. They just, it's another place on the autism spectrum. But if we're going to call, if you're going to call it anything, he has Asperger's syndrome. And Hmm. um, which means he doesn't. Like, he very much so does not enjoy being, like, you know, touched or held or, like, he's very, he's just very obtuse, you know? And I love him because he is, he's genuinely one of the funnest kids I have ever met, right? Talking to him, he, I think he's, like, I want to say he's 12 now, but talking to him is, like, talking to, like, a little grown man. Like, he, and he has this thing where he, he likes to remember, like, lists, right? and uh he's got a thing for like dinosaurs and he likes the stars and stuff like that I think I think dinosaurs is just like a given like I think they I love so like he loves dinosaurs and like the stars and stuff like that and I I will never literally never forget this for the rest of my life I was visiting my aunt and it was like during like when school had first started like several years ago right and Tristan comes home he like walks the door he's got his little book bag on and he like sets his lunchbox on the table and he's like I made a friend today and we're like and like my aunt's like trying not to freak out you know because like you like show like heavy emotion he's gonna like get like really uncomfortable and be like okay bye mom Mm -hmm. and like so he's like uh he's like I made a friend today and we're like oh yeah like that's cool like yeah and he's like just wanted to let you know I'm going to my room now and like (laughs) like left like left and like my aunt is like freaking out she's like oh my god oh my god he made a friend and I was like remain calm you're gonna freak him out okay Uh you're gonna freak him out because up until that point I think there I think he was very self-aware that he was different than other people like other kids you know and I think that was really both hard on him but I think it was also like um like I think it was something that also helped him because he was aware of what other people kind of like felt about him and but at the same time it made it hard for him to make friends knowing that he was different and not really knowing how to like fit into certain spaces um but yeah and he has this like friend and they've been best friends like ever since they played video games together it's the cutest thing ever but yeah so I love any time that I see some type of representation of like the autism spectrum um and when somebody talks about it, because I think it's a it's a topic that people should talk about and know about and know that these children aren't any different or any, right. you know, like whatever. They just think a little differently than other kids. Exactly. And they're some like, of the coolest cats in the whole world, bro. I'm telling you. Yes. This is a gangster. Oh, yeah. Jack could tell you how many millions of years ago each different species lived. It's what? So oh, my God. Tristan and Jack, why are they not best friends? I'm telling oh, you, yeah. these are the same kids, dude. Oh, I, yeah. It's insane. The, the way they retain information okay. is just the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, like yeah. when he Robbie tells me all the time she goes grocery shopping and he'll like re- he'll like read the list before they go right and they'll be shopping and she'll like marking things off and he's like mom you forgot the eggs and she's like <laughs> how do you even remember that I, it's just great, great. so moving for, so like we're going okay now that we've taken a left turn from off to office know, right, yeah, children sorry. right okay so you're fine so your most recent release which is what I have read is under pressure and I really really loved this book and I, I think that says a lot because I 
and the dark and twisty side of this podcast okay ah. so yeah, yeah yeah so stevie so i mean obviously i knew of you i think i had met like we've been introduced to each other early in both of our careers because mm-hmm. i think like we worked with similar people or like mm-hmm. we're in the same group or whatever so i knew of you um but i am the dark and twisty side so i usually read like some pretty effed up shit right and stevie's <laughs> usually the one who like reads like more of like the ro- contemporary romance kind of vibe right so I was like, and I try to read one book from an author we have on the podcast, no matter what it is. And I read it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. I have to go back and read the rest. Yay, so thank you. that should, that should tell you that it was great. It was a great book. So this is Sebastian and Eleanor. Um, and can you, I, I'll let you tell our listeners like what they can expect from this fourth book and like what the vibe. Let's see. So Bash and Eleanor, who he calls Lenny in the whole book for the majority of the book, meet in the summer at a bar at the Jersey Shore, which that bar is a bar and well, it's no longer a bar in real life, but it totally was a bar. It's actually where I met my husband, um, but it was knocked down years ago for a condo. Anyway, so they meet in the summer and they don't know each other and they agree to a one night stand. But in reality, Eleanor knows him. She knows exactly who he is because he is a potential draft pick for her family's professional football team. So that kind of plays out, you know, kicks her in the ass a little bit because it, or I should say bites her in the ass a little bit because when he finds out that she knew who he was, she's, he's not thrilled. So there's that, there's a little bit of mafia because he comes from a mafia family, which I know sports romance and a touch of mafia kind of sounds strange, but I think I was just like, what is, I was like, this is cool. I was like, what? It gets played with throughout each book. It gets you not. I low key you know was like in the first one, but I low key didn't obviously expect it. But I was like, oh my god, is she gonna kill a bitch in this book? I was like, I'm here for it if she does. I was like, ah, I'm here for it. <laughs> you need to read them backwards now. Now you need to go back to always earn. Don't go to the beginning. Read them backwards because it'll be fresher. I'm there going are to of that one that played into this one, and it was fun. Totally um, want to. But um, yeah. So it's it's really big. She comes from this huge family that's like ridiculously codependent. And he comes from a much smaller family, but he's got this group of friends that is very similar. They're very much family. Uh, they're very much codependent. And it kind of was, it was a lot of fun to play around with the two, the two big groups and see how that worked out. Um, and you know, it's an, you get your HEA, but yeah. there's definitely some funny, there's some serious, there's a little bit of everything, not dark. I don't do dark. I don't know how to do dark, not yet. I'm still too like I, I love like, me some dark. I like the light. <laughs> I like to I read don't. dark. I just can't write it yet. I'm turning around and just lock yourself in a very dark room and watch <laughs> a few horror movies. And I promise you, <laughs> it'll come out. I promise. So um I like I said, I love this book. Ten out of ten recommend five stars. I have to go fucking leave a review. I keep freaking forget to do that. But anyways, ten out of ten, five stars, definitely recommend it. Go check it out. So um Stevie, do you want to ask this question since these are your favorite questions? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So, and we know you put this on Facebook yesterday. We saw. I saw. <laughs> I'm in your group. Because I'm still hurting on this one. I don't have a good answer. Go ahead. No, nope. it. <laughs> no, it's fine. No authors ever have good answers for this. No. I it's impossible. It's impossible. So, if this series was to be turned into a TV or movie series, who would you cast as the roles? Well, you know, to MJ's liking here, the only one I know for sure is Coach. They're uh, 
there is a character who coaches a professional football team. He is the parent of three of the characters in the book. And he is Kyle Chandler all the way. He is Kyle Chandler in Friday Night Lights all the way. When I write this man, I pick Are you talking him. about Coach Eric Taylor? Yes. Yes. He is Kyle Chandler. That's Don't do thing. me like this. Don't do me like this. Yeah, no, I mean, like, when I... when. And he has like these great little lines throughout the whole series. He's such a fun character. He's going to get a special little, like when I do a box set of this, he's going to get his own story. Um, but like, he just, he's him. Like I see him, I hear him. Like that's him. He's coach. Other than that, swear to God, I don't know who the heck would be any of the other characters. <laughs> None of the people I picture as like inspiration or age appropriate. Um, Brady in the first book, we've always in the, my readers group, the Game Changers, we've always referred to him as Captain America. Like Chris Evans ripping apart that piece of wood, that one meme that goes around from, yeah. I don't even remember which Avengers movie it was. Like that, that's Brady 100%. But other than that, like I struggled. I really struggled trying to figure out who these people would be. Listen, um, that's better than what some people, some people are just like, I have no idea for any of them. And then we just call it a day. <laughs> I try. Like, I think that Lucy Hale, when she was younger, could have probably made a really good Sabrina. Mm -hmm. um, Dove Cameron, I kind of like Googled around to try to get a feel for it because even my readers group, they were all like, I don't know. Um, Dove Cameron probably could have done a really good Natty when she was a little younger. Um, I love Dove Cameron, I love the her. Chick from the Vampire Diaries, Nina, Nina Do Do Dobriv. Good, good luck. I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah. She, like, I kind of picture her as an Eleanor. Um, not a, yeah, as a Lenny, as Eleanor. Other than that, like, I was kind of like, oh. the guys, I picture, um, oh my God, J.J. Watt was always my inspiration for Bra uh, Murphy. And, you know, like, he's got to be a 30-year-old football player at this point. So he can't, you know, it's not like I could go be like, yeah. oh, you should, you should play this character. But that was who I pictured for my inspiration was total J.J. Watt. Um, I love him. Yeah, my 10-year-old, my like, was heartbroken when he got traded and he didn't get traded to the team his brothers play for that was a big deal in in our household <laughs> i am not even when i'm telling you right now i'm not even joking i i'm literally stuck on coach eric taylor now i'm telling right? you like he is genuinely i don't yeah. care, have you watched friday night you watch friday night lights right oh my god the whole thing like i am not multiple times i'm literally in my like fourth rewatch since they put it back on netflix <laughs> Easily, like, I honestly, that Riggins doesn't fit anybody because I, Tim Riggins is like my favorite character of all time. I love that man. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, Murphy. I know he's a ginger, right? But Murphy, when when he when I when I first heard that name, immediately thought of Taylor Keish, who plays Riggins. But I thought of him in Lone Survivor, Lieutenant <laughs> Murphy. Immediately, <laughs> immediately thought of him. But I was just thinking, there is this part in Friday Night Lights that just made me laugh, like. I think that Tammy Taylor and Eric Taylor are like so underrated for that TV show. Like, obviously I know that they're a big part of it, but I feel like they're so underrated. Like people are so like worried about Smash and Riggins and Vince and Matt Saracen and Julie that everybody misses how fucking hilarious Eric Taylor is. Like oh, yeah. I will never for the rest of my life forget the quote where Tammy wakes up and she's like, she's on the phone with Matt Saracen. I don't think this is going away. And he's like, I haven't even had my coffee yet. And she's like, I'm just saying, like, it's becoming a thing. And, you know, like, what the thing is, like, we need to talk about it. And he's like, at least she's not interested in a serial killer or one of the Riggins. And I'm like, <laughs> one of the Riggins, exactly. I literally love you. I literally yeah. love you. So yeah. I love him. And anytime anybody casts him as a fan cast, I'm like, 
That's the love of my life. Tammy Taylor and Coach Taylor are the love of my life. And I want a marriage. I want a marriage like that, bro. I want a marriage like that. I'd give anything for a reboot. I'd give anything for them to like spin it back up. But it's got to be the same cast. I don't want to see this redone. I don't want to see this updated. I want that cast. I'm be honest with you though. I'll be. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I think as long as I have Coach Taylor and Tammy, I think I'd be. I think I'd be okay. I think the only person that might like but I would be had to come back if they put him back was Riggins. Like if he went back to Texas, you right. know, like to coach football. So the Riggins family would have to be the same and coach Taylor's family would have to be the same, but everybody else I'd give two shits about. I could give yeah. two shits oh, about. my husband loved Lila. My husband was a huge Lila fan. Garrity. Of Lila course. Garrity. Every, oh, yeah. every man who watches that mm-hmm. loves Lila Garrity. Oh yes. Oh yes. <sighs> But I have to tell you, because you just said something that is super funny and will show you what a bit of a super fan I am too. So I am finishing up uh, my December release right now. And there is a character in there that is a former SEAL whose name is Mike. And the reason this man's name is Mike is for Mike Murphy, the character that Taylor Kitsch played in Lone Survivor. There you go. You know, it's a little bit of the fact that he played him. And it's a little bit of the fact that I know the backstory because my husband is a crazy podcast guy and like listens to um, Jocko and all these guys that were seals and everything. So I've heard like all sorts of backstories from him. And that that's where that character got named. So when you said that, I was like, okay, I got to tell her that because that's kind of funny. I love it. Yes. I love things when they come full circle. Okay, cool. So what is next for you at the end of 2021 and going into 2022? So I send December's book to my editor Saturday, this coming Saturday. And that is, Bash's brother Sammy's book. Um, it's called Rise of the King. So um, their father, who is like the mafia don in Philly, dies in Bash's book. And Sammy's got to step up. So you're going mafia uh, now? Yeah. Well, for that one. That one's oh, okay. That one. <laughs> that's that one. Right. I mean, that, you'll see them throughout the whole next series, but like that's the only that's that's the only one that'll be full-blown mafia for now at least i don't know my betas are beating me down to add a couple more characters but i got other plans for now um i'm here for it i don't want to give away who his leading lady is because that's questioned throughout all of under pressure there's this like underlying who is this missing sibling and she ends up the missing kingston sibling ends up being um sam's sam's future so that sibling Ooh. ends up being his happily ever after. Um, so that's December's book. And then I roll into all of the Kingstons will be getting their books in. Well, I don't know that they'll all hit in 2022, but that's the plan to start with that in 2022. Super so exciting. We can't wait. Thank you. Super exciting. Hopefully I can get them written. You ever feel like that, man? I can't wait to type the end on this book. This man has kicked my ass. Like, this book has taken longer than any other book to write I don't know if it's because it's so different and it's a very different headspace I've had to get into but he's just killed me I can't wait for this one to be done I am literally no joke like only into chapter like five right now okay (laughs) and I already am like oh my god this book is gonna uh, he's gonna obliterate me he's going to literally drive me fucking crazy before this book is over yeah it's always the male characters them bitches are annoying She's freaking easy. It's him. He's killing me. He's killed me. I'll be honest. She's not, she's not much. She's not easy either. I think I'm struggling because these two characters are very just like different than anything I've ever experienced before. 
mm-hmm. and they're giving me a hard ass time. So it's just like, you know what, you bitches, you deserve each other. That's what yeah. I all have to say. Um, okay, so Stevie, do you want to take go with reading questions, or you want me to continue with writing questions? I'll do reading ones. Okay, sure. Pop off. Go ahead. <laughs> so, what book has your favorite cover? It can be one of yours or any book that you've read. Oh, see, um, now I feel like I'm being like, oh, my, mine. Or maybe my, my cover for December is just like, I, I want to die every time I look at it. We're doing the cover reveal in the beginning of November. And it's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Michelle Lancaster. She's a photographer that's out of Australia. That does yeah. Oh, like, how did you get a like, model from her? Oh, yes. And like, I just can't oh, wait. If I could shit. release this freaking cover right now, I would have released it a month ago. Like I wanted send I it was to me. It's, I will. I will. You it's that like, I, I hate to be like my cover is my favorite, but oh my God, this cover. I cannot wait. It's just stunning. I can't I wait. See it. You got to send it to me. Author I perks. I need to oh, see yeah, it. I also, know, right? BR, I'm going to let Stevie continue, but I have to go pee. <laughs> Date your calls. <laughs> All right, so what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, a recommendation from others, or the title? Um, well, all of the above, but the blurb is usually what grabs me first. I love when my friends recommend books, um, especially like I'll, when I do my, hey, what's everybody reading post in my readers group, I usually will be like, this is what I'm in the mood for. Can anybody give me good recs? Because I love to hear somebody say, oh my gosh, I love this. You're going to love this book. But if I'm just perusing, it's the blurb. I, a good blurb can catch me like, and I'll go like on a deep dive. I always say last year, last year, two years ago, maybe now I saw somebody share something once Saturday night for an author that hadn't published yet. Her book was about to come out and I read the blurb and I was like, oh my God. And I reached out to that author. Her name's Waverly Alexander. She's actually become a good friend since. And I reached out to her that night. I like DM'd her on Instagram. I was like, are you still giving out arcs? Because this blurb is amazing and I want to read this book. And it like, I went from there. She sent it that night and I read the whole thing before I went to bed. I'm a cover whore. Are you? Yes. What's your favorite kind? I, I just love everything. Yeah. Any cover that like speaks to me, I'm like, I need it on my bookshelf. I like the guy girl covers, but they're, and freaking TikTok, nobody seems to like the guy girl covers anymore. And they're my fave. Love them. I see. I'm partial. I really love men on covers, but I also really love very good. What's the word I'm looking for? Covers with like, um, objects on them. Okay. The object covers or watercolor ones. I'm huge new watercolor ones that people are doing. They're so pretty. I love them. I keep seeing them everywhere. I'm back. Or if you talk to Kat Singleton, I'll tell you that uh, her new cover needs to be on my wall. Ooh. <laughs> well, don't you get like a perk? Shouldn't you be getting that early? I think a copy of the paperback already. <laughs> <laughs> but I said I needed a full life-size poster because this oh. model is absolutely stunning. Really? Pick his picture and I am obsessed with him, but he's only like 19. And I am way too old for that. <laughs> At least he's legal. That's true. But he also, right? I think he lives in, I want to say he lives in like either Brazil or Argentina. <laughs> or something I'm like putting that. like cream on my finger. He lives somewhere <laughs> that's not around here. Yeah. I love a gorgeous cover. Right? Same. So who are some of your Same. favorite authors? 
I love Rachel Van Dyken. Um, oh, I love her. There's something about her mafia. That's what I really read is her mafia. And there's something about it because it's not, how do I word this? So Bethany Chris is my favorite mafia author. I read right. her for years. Rachel writes very differently. And there's something yes. I enjoy about that. Like it's younger maybe is the way to word it. I don't know. Something about it. I really enjoy them. Um, I love Megan Brandy. Absolutely love Megan Brandy. Mm. Um, oh, I love me some boys of Bryshaw High. Right? Like I just, she is definitely in my top. I, I drop everything to read when her new stuff comes out and it's killing me because yeah. I haven't read Dirty Curve yet because I've been so stuck with this book that I have read like nothing and it's just killing me. Um, and I love Emery Rose. Love her. Absolutely She's good. She's good. Her. I think yeah. I have read, hold up. What book was it that I read by her? Literally read it three months ago. What is it? Oh, I think it's the one that's before, like when we were reckless, like the gray, is it the green guy? Right. Yeah. The green. Yeah. The one before the that. Blue. Something like storm. Something I don't like, remember I think it's the like title. When the storm breaks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds right. Storm breaks. Yeah, yeah. Starts fall. I really like that one. I really like that one. So I really like her. I'm trying to like keep my hand like away from my face. I got this anti-fungal cream on it. I don't even know if this shit's gonna work. Her beautiful series was so good. I haven't oh, read I that one. Howard. I have them and then I had Wilder Love and I forget the second one in that. I loved them. Wilder Love was the first thing I read of hers. And a friend mm -hmm. of mine borrowed the books and she has not given them back yet. And I'm like, I want these books back. I love these books on my shelf. I need these books back. <laughs> I swear I'm not going to give out books anymore. I Nobody think the library. Killian might be my favorite boyfriend from her. Yeah. From the beautiful series. I'm obsessed with Killian and Eden. I don't know. But uh, that really, really stole my heart, too, because that was unlike any other book that I had read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a that was an off the wall book with the hidden with the hidden cop. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I do. I absolutely adore her. And I think she's she's from the UK, isn't she? She is. She actually just put up a post recently that she ended up writing. I think she had a stroke very young, like out of the blue. And then when everything was said and done and she was out of the hospital, she started writing. And that was just it. She never looked back. Like it was this beautiful post she put up on Facebook. It's like about. The, one of those near-death experiences. Right. Just like put everything in perspective for your life. Yep. And how life is genuinely too short to spend it doing things that's like, like, I feel like, okay, so this is my theory, right? Like, obviously, I know that, like, starting a career in the author world, author world is not starting out making, you know, like, fucking oh, yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a year, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, there's got to be more to life than working, paying bills, and dying, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that, there's yeah, got to so. be more to life than that. And I will live my life, like, and I don't give a shit what anybody says. I will live my life with that mentality every day. Every day. There's more more life than living going to work paying your bills and dying like there's more to yeah. that there's got to be I refuse to believe any differently and if I'm wrong then shit I guess I'm wrong when the time <laughs> when the time comes for me to fucking you know whatever send on my merry happy way somebody can be like oh, I told you so <laughs> should have just worked, lived and died. Life. 
It's too yeah. short not to. We're big believers in that. You've got to enjoy life. You've got to make sure you take the time to enjoy life. But there's a balance. I mean, for us, uh, you know, I've been working insane hours the past few weeks because I know this book is due and I still work another job. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm like killing myself the past two weeks trying to get this damn book done. But that's not all the time. You know what I mean? We try to, we try to balance it out. But I feel you. I so feel you. I skipped one of my kids' yeah. soccer games last weekend and it broke my heart. And I know that sounds cheesy, but like I was on a deadline. This kid plays on two soccer teams. So it's not the worst thing in the world if mom misses yeah. one game in a weekend where he's having three. I didn't feel that bad. Yeah. But, you know, I got like 4,000 words done that morning. So I felt a hell of a lot better after that. Absolutely. Zivi, do you have any more reading questions? Do you prefer e reader or physical copy? If I'm going to read it, I want it on the e-reader the only time I really will read a paperback is if I'm at the beach or the pool because I read on my iPad so I don't have that glare protection fancy thing on my iPad and I can't read it outside because the glare just drives me nuts um you can go to Amazon and for five dollars you can buy like a little sticky thing like really like a screen protector you know how people do those but it's for sun glare Oh, I got it. And you that. just stick it to your thing with, and you take it like with a credit card, right? Make sure it's all on there. And you can fucking take it out in the sunlight, no glare. Oh, I have to try that because that drives me crazy because I do got prefer it for my reading that way. You got it from your grandma. Oh, that's awesome. No, no, I got it for my grandmother. Oh, it's my grandma. From her. I'm like, that's incredible yeah. that grandma knew to do that. Oh, no, she's lit, though. She would buy me something like that. She bought, I will never forget, she bought me underwear from Victoria's Secret to put in my stocking one year. My dad nearly had a fucking heart attack. Um, But no, my grandma, I got it for her because she reads outside a lot. She has a little garden and, like, she has, like, this little outside patio area. And she reads out there, like, because the rest of her house is swarmed with grandchildren and fucking just kids all over the place. So that's, like, where she finds her me time. Uh, but she always complains about how she has to like sit underneath an umbrella because the sun glare. And I'm like, Grandma, I got you. There you go. That's you go awesome. I yeah, love it. So I'm gonna go order one. Seriously, it's the best. It's literally the best. Yeah, okay, so go ahead. Sorry, my bad. No, it's not sure that's my favorite way to read is is on my iPad, but I've got a whole wall of books in here because I love to look at my pretty paper bags. Same. <laughs> <laughs> They're beautiful. Right. We organize them actually. Book mail's the best mail. Right. Oh yeah, I know. Oh my I, god, my husband's so fucking tired of it though. Winter. She sent me five one, two, three, four, four books in a novella. Woo! Darn. And a PR box. And I was like, woo! <laughs> my husband is so tired of book mail when you sent under pressure, right? <laughs> so he 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 grabbed it and he was like, What is this? And I was like, it's probably a book. It's probably book mail. And he's like, you've already bought books at the beginning of this month. <laughs> and so like, I'm, I'm allowed, like I'm allowed to see it got a little out of hand for a while, but I am allowed <laughs> to purchase so many books at the beginning of the month. And then at the end of the month. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, I ordered my books for him. He's like, he's like, you ordered your books for this month already. And I was like, and they've already came in. And I'm like, if you'd read it, it's from another author. I didn't pay for this one. I was like, it's book mail. And he's like, all these books showing up at the house all the time. <laughs> Remain calm. It's fine. You're fine. Now we're gonna get you stickers that say "I won this," and we're gonna you can like sneak them on the envelopes when you go out. Just snick it. Yeah, yeah. right. Won this. Where coming from? 
Yeah, I know. My husband doesn't even open the Amazon boxes. He would never know anymore. There's Amazon comes to our house every day. I yeah. swear to God, I have a one-click issue. Me too. I, well, you know what it is? But see, he picks home. it up. Oh. He shakes it. And he's You're like, scared. I know what that is. Yeah. That's a book. And like, now he knows <laughs> the shape of the envelopes. <laughs> and I'm like, will you mind your damn business? Just mind, mind your business. They're fine. I love I it. I love it. Okay. So we're going to move to writing questions and I'm going to take this portion. So uh, when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer slash author? The day that I started writing all in. Swear to God, I never knew it before. It when I, I love to read, love to read. And yeah. I started a bookstagram account a couple of years ago because I wanted to be able to get arcs. I wanted, I didn't want to have to wait for them to come out. I wanted them ahead of time. I love the first, Right? Like I just, I didn't, I, I did I had to figure out how to do it. That was my thing. I was like, how are these people getting these advanced copies? What do I need to do? So I started my bookstagram account. And the first time I posted a review, I think I was like sweating through my shirt. I was so nervous to post a review because I was like, yeah. oh this is awful. Like I can't write. And that was only like three or four years ago. <laughs> so the fact that between that, between then and like when I decided to write all in somewhere at that point, I was like, let me give this a shot. Um, but even then, I don't think it was until I published that I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I love this. This is fun. I think I can make this work. Yeah. I, I mean, I genuinely love, like, you have no idea how many people come on here and are like, I had no idea I even wanted to write a book until I just started writing a book. Right. And I'm like, y'all are talented individuals. <laughs> y'all are talented. You know what it is? Honest to God. So I live in a house, I have three sons and a husband. I live in a house surrounded by men of all different ages. And like, I like to get the hell away from them all. I love them all dearly. I would do anything for them, but I like getting away I hide in my office and I write and I like it, it used to be the same thing with reading I like slipping into another world that's how I relax whether it's slipping into somebody else's words and somebody else's world or slipping into my own it's yeah. fun to just kind of get lost in it and not think about the stress of the day not be worried about whose homework's done or what game we have to go to or you know was this bill paid was did we is there gas in the car all the stupid stuff that we all think about all the time when I'm reading or writing, I can completely drown all that out and just get lost in the words in front of me. And I love yeah. that. I love that I can just go grab on my shelf and I can pick up and I can be a warrior princess goddess yes. who has like five men that are that are in love with her and I have a sword. You know? yes. I yes. love that. I love the fact that I can be a badass mafia bitch and a man, yes. you know, kill people for me. I love that. I'm here for that. I think that's why I like dark romance so much is because I think it's like so far from like my life, you know, mm -hmm. that I can really get into it. That's awesome. Um, so do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like when you sit down to write, like, do you have to have like a certain like cup of tea? Do you have to like always be wearing Twizzlers, like eating Twizzlers or like wearing the same pair of socks? Like for me, it's music. It? I am a playlist girl. I heavily curate my playlist for each book. And like, I would never dream of listening to Always Earns playlist while I was trying to re write the next book. Like it's those, um, I've always been very influenced by music. Mm -hmm. And um, when I send a book to the editor, like my editors take a couple weeks. So there's, I'll send it, that one gets it for two weeks, sends it back to me, I work on it, send it back. So in between the editing process, I jump into the next book. So I've got, you know, if I, if 
more than a games at the editor and I'm working on always earned, I'm listening to always earns playlist. Well, as soon as I pop on more than a games playlist, when I get that book back, it's like, I, my head is completely cleared and I am in that other book. So music does that for me. I don't know if Girl, it's, book, but it's like, I need my music. I have to take breaks. I have to take breaks. When my book goes to the editor, it's like a party at my house. Okay? Really? When Yeah. Yeah, really. Because I would die if I didn't. I literally. So the way that I see it mentally, right, is when my book goes to the editor, I'm done with it for the time that she's, you know, like I'm done with it for a while she has it. Okay. Yeah. It's a party. It's a vacation. It's like somebody's babysitting my, my kid. Okay. <laughs> and I can get as drunk on mimosas as I want to. I can play call of duty until four in the morning. I do whatever I want when it's at the editor and then it comes back to me and then it's a spoiled brat. And then we have to like, you know, like, and then I have to worry about other things, but mm -hmm. I can't, I cannot finish. I cannot really get into a book until like it's done with the editor. It's done with the formatting and it's arcs are out like that. And like my formatting for the final is done because if I don't do that, I'm still going to be like constantly thinking of, and I feel like I can't really give the new characters like what I want to give them because I'm constantly thinking of, okay, does that formatting line up though? All right. Are we, are we ready for this release? Like, are, am I doing this? And I'm still so heavily like thinking about the past book. I could never, my brain would never let me do it <laughs> ever. Now you got me worried that I don't think about formatting enough. I send it. To oh my, my God. No, don't do that. I'm gone. I don't even think about it again. I like scroll through to make sure everything looks good. And that's it. <laughs> don't, don't, I mean, I'll do that too, but like, don't, don't do that. I hyper-focus. I have anxiety. Don't, don't listen to me. <laughs> so, hey, I think most of us have some form of anxiety. I got so many mental illnesses. It's like, which one do I just like pull out of the hat today? You know? Like whatever. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Just pick. It's like a rainbow. Okay, yeah. so what do you like to do when you're not writing? Um, besides reading, I love to read. Reading is like my favorite pastime. It always has been uh, since I was little. I mean, I can remember going into the library and sneaking flowers in the attic out of like the library because my <laughs> grandmother was the one That's that would take me, right? And my grandma was like, you know, if I was, say I was 12, she was probably 85 and I didn't yeah. want her to see what book I had gotten. Um, so yeah because flowers in the attic is a little risque right, right <laughs> exactly but that was my little preteen heart was happy as hell with that book um Same. but truth be told we were like I have so little downtime that reading is my favorite thing because I just get to relax but most of the time I'm we're a sports family you know my yeah. youngest kid's on two different soccer teams my oldest kid plays football they both do basketball and judo and you know we're, we're always going for yes. some sport or another why is this literally my family? That's literally it's, me growing up. I swear right, to God. Right. Not that's like, my poor dad loves to have children. Okay. I got like 80 <laughs> siblings. <laughs> and that's the best way to word it ever. I have like 80,000 children, siblings. Not really. They're like, uh, children. I have like four. I have like four. So, but like that we're all involved in sporting events. Right. So my dad and I will, and so I'm the oldest and my dad, literally, I'm not even joking you, would have to like get off of work. Okay. He'd still be covered in cold dirt because he works in the coal mines, covered in cold dirt, show up to my game, watch my game for 30 minutes, then run, grab Connor, take Connor to like his game or whatever, and, you know, do whatever. And then like go run and watch Aubrey at T-ball for like 20 minutes and then like come back to my game. Okay. And now that he has another one who's itty bitty. 
Now he's oh. coaching. And I'm like, you're an idiot. I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, you're crazy. You're literally crazy. So yeah, that was, I'm not even joking. That's literally my life. And I'm that, I was a kid that was like forgetful. Like I forgot it was, a, it was a state semifinal game and I forgot my cleats at home. <gasps> oh no. So my dad had to get off of work early and go grab them and drive them all the way to Grayson County, which is an hour away from where we live so that I could play. He had never, I've never been, I was like, oh my God, if I don't win this game, I'm dead. I'm grounded. I'm dead. My phone's yeah, taken okay. away. <laughs> it's so bad. So yeah, I totally get, I totally get the sport family thing. I grew up like that. It's, so, it's fun. We love it. So that's most of my spare time. <laughs> it's usually I'm at soccer. Football's twice a week now because he plays JV and varsity. So there's two football games a week and there's two or three soccer games a week and mm. a gazillion practices. I get it. Oh my God. That's a lot of food to be feeding. Them kids are going to be hungry. That's a lot of food. The teenager comes home like after everything late at night and that's all he wants to do. He'll eat like five dinners. I swear to God. He's like a hobbit. Oh, yeah. he, like, and it's like ramen. They eat like 80,000. Oh 80, my 000. God. It is freaking. This child loves ramen. And I cook and I'm a good damn cook. Like yeah. the one day I was like, I just made you homemade chicken orzo soup. Why are you eating ramen? And that's what he wants. He wants ramen. Let me tell you why. As a, as a, as a, as an old, as an old retired athlete who did the same thing and literally would just like eat ramen out of like, like, I mean, just like bowls of it. It's like the only thing that really feels you. Like, honestly, really? like there's something about ramen noodles that it's just like quick, easy. And I feel like I'm getting like the protein that I need, but like it fills me so like quickly. I love it. And I feel like I can eat a lot of them and the calories are really low, but protein sources are up. Well, so, and for me, that was what we ate when we were poor in college. Like <laughs> me and my roommates would like stock up on ramen because we oh, had yeah, no best. money to so, buy food. 50 cents. Yeah, exactly. So now, you know, the teenager's like, mom, can you get me a case? And I'm just like, all summer long, I was buying cases of ramen. I'm like, so this good. is what I ate when I had no money. You have a pantry full of food. Why are you eating this? But it's it's because wants. it's like the only thing that fills you as an athlete. I genuinely yeah. think that's what it is. I'm serious. Yeah. I used to love it. And it's like hard to burn off. I love it. it the ramen's the best. I live, I live by ramen. And well, Slim Jims. Oh, my husband loves Slim Jims. I'm not a Slim Jim fan. <laughs> not as but he is. Try it with easy cheese. Like, <laughs> I'm serious. That's how Steve. That's how Stevie knows that I'm in the middle of like like I'm at in the middle of like my edits is because all I'm eating is ramen and Slim Jims and easy cheese. Oh my God, that's so like funny. stress. It's my stress meal. That's all right. Soda so I don't drink soda, but if I'm editing, I want more caffeine, and I can't just drink coffee all day long. So I'll go tap into like the soda that we've got, you know, on some shelf somewhere from a leftover from a party because I don't buy totally it. Nice. I keep it in my house, but yeah. I want it when I'm editing. I get that. So what is the weirdest thing you've had to Google for a book? This is my favorite writing question. Um, I, I Googled all sorts of things about bombs and I was scared to death the whole time that like the FBI was going to show up at my house um, because there was a very important scene involving a bomb and it's you know spanned two books without giving anything away so I needed like very specific information on detonation and like my husband's like somebody's gonna show up at the house because you're googling how to build a bomb you've got this I know I, mean, I know uh, and F what do, what do you call it an FBI agent that knows, like you have names yeah so I have a CIA agent his name is Steve 
and he lives that's what i name him because i the if you think that the cia and the fbi is not watching us through our electronical devices come on now come on now so i know that i have one his name is steve and he's dating the lady next to him even though they're both married so they're having an office affair and her name is camilla but i literally have steve literally is like at all times he is like we need to make sure we're watching this one because mm-hmm. I Google some of the weirdest shit. Right. Like one minute I'll Google, one minute I'll Google something like, you know, uh, how long would said person live being skinned alive? You know, like how long would that person live while you're skinning them? And then like the next time I'll Google like blood kink, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I Are just you- know Steve is like Steve is like yeah we've got a we got a twenty three nineteen a twenty three nineteen. See, she got it. She knows that's for totally monster. Totally got it. I have a child obsessed with Disney. You say 2319 and I hear it in that voice. That's a 2319. So yeah, I just know Steve is like watching me heavily. And I think yeah. the day that I type in like bomb, <laughs> they're going to be like, wrap it up to the house. Right. What right. team is going to be like busting okay. through the doors? Yeah, it's going to well, be bad. It. Not a good time. My husband's me. like, uh, you, you can't. He's in law enforcement. And he was like yelling at me that day. So I was like, oh, guess what I, I Googled today? because so for the book I'm writing right now you know my husband's in law enforcement he has a few guns and I was like babe question like how heavy would this be like what kind would this be next thing I know he comes downstairs with two you know they were not loaded but and he's also like taught gun safety classes blah blah blah. but anyway he comes downstairs he puts two of them on my desk and I go to take a picture because I'm like this would be a great picture in the game changers he's like you cannot Take a picture like that and put it on Facebook. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I really can't. Can I? I mean, I mean, you could, but <laughs> it might be frowned upon. I so my husband is also like he's not in law enforcement anymore, but he was for like several years. Um, so uh basically like and he's very like much so into like weapons. And so mm-hmm. anytime that like a character's messing with some type of gun or something like that, I hate guns. I fucking hate them. Broke my nose on a on a muzzle loader and I will never fucking do it ever again. Oh. Um and so uh he like I like ask him, I'm like, bro, I'm like this desert eagle i'm watching videos on it it's a heavy it's a heavy thing right and he's like yeah i'd probably like knock your shoulder back if you shot it mm-hmm. and he, i was like let's go shoot it and he was like all right we'll go to a gun bro never again never again mm-hmm. i don't know if y'all know what a, like a 50 50 mag uh desert eagle is like yeah. but it is not like on grand theft auto okay they no. lied to you that thing no. pulled about knocked my hand right off oh yeah i was like this is dangerous yeah so i'm not a fan i we went i live in like farmville like we are it's new jersey we are farmers down here um and my best friend's family owns this gigantic farm and we were there in the fall and you know everybody was shooting and we tried a couple different things i i don't like it you know i don't like it either 20 years later and i think it's the first time i'd ever fired a weapon and I, I don't enjoy it. I'm like, no, that's you guys. You go get your membership, do whatever you want to do. That's, it's not for me. I didn't, it was too strong. I didn't like it, but I'm glad I have him. Cause like you just said, Chills. he has answered so many questions. I'm like, Same. babe, what would this feel like? What would this do? What would, and he just gives me this look like. Yeah. And he's like, why do you need to know that? And I'm like, because I need to be there. I yes. need to know what it feels like to yes. shoot this gun, you know? Yeah. 
And he's like, you're, you might be clinically insane. And I'm like, probably now throwing knives. That's a different story. Now I like those things. I like to throw those things. Those things are cool. All right. So you should try it. They're fun. So moving to the last section of the podcast, which is trope questions. And we love these questions. These are some of our favorites. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? I loved brother's best friend. There is just something about it. It's I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was like a little tiny bit forbidden, but not like super forbidden, but it was, I don't know. There was, it was just so swoony. There was so, I loved it. I can't even put into words how much I loved writing that. I'm here for that. Yeah. I love I brother's best friend. It's so good. So good. All right. Like, my brother one. never had hot friends. So I don't know why that's my thing. Cause I never was into any of my brother's friends, but like, yeah, definitely. Same. my thing. Hold uh, up. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um, I'd like to eventually get into bully because I love to read bully. I think bully is so much fun in the way that you can turn around the, you know, it's usually the the bully guy, the way that by the end you're all swoony and you want him. I want to be able to do that. I can't do that yet. I'm not that good. <laughs> Wait, okay, I want to be like Ashley Jade. My headphones died. Repeat that. What's wrong with that? Bully romance. Oh, <laughs> that's the first time I, we've ever gotten that one. I'm really? That, that shit's good. I just wrote one. Kind of, and I like I love reading it, and I, I just I didn't I mean to. I my guys are always really nice, like they're too nice. I have to stop them from being too nice. I don't want yeah, them to yeah. just be like a piece of vanilla cake, you know. So I want to write fully, but I haven't gotten there yet. I don't think I'm good enough. Honestly, oh, don't say that. Oh, I know. I like I I don't know how to make them bad. Like, I can, I'm not, I think you do it. I I struggle. I'm not I against guess. it. I got to figure it out though. I literally just, this thing is annoying the shit out of me. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my finger. Um, I honestly didn't even know it was bully until like reviews started rolling in and everybody was like, oh, it's an enemies lovers bully romance. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't even know it was bully. Amazon category. I was like, let me just, you know, add that. I didn't even know it fucking was. I mean, obviously I knew that they were like, you know, tormenting her, but I was like, God, I didn't even think about it. I was like, that's was awesome. Like, because when I think of like bully romance, I think of like, you know, like teasing and like, you know, cafeteria, like trays going on people. And that's definitely not what was happening in this book. I was like, I feel like it's too severe to be called bully romance. I think it should be like tormentor. and like. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> All right. So what is one trope you'll never write and why? Um, I don't think there is a trope I'll never write. Mm-hmm. because I don't I'm not a big believer in saying never like I say give everything a try I agree. you never know what you're gonna love doing unless you try it out so I kind of you know there's there's nothing that I refuse to write I will try it all never say never That's next, time you, next time she writes a book it's gonna be reverse harem and MJ's gonna freak out I'm here for it right? <laughs> I love her, a good reverse harem oh my god a good reverse harem is awesome Sorry, I'm, I'm in a, uh, an author's or I share a PA with a quite a few reverse harem writers. So we're all in our little uh, Facebook chat together. And I'm always just like, oh, I want to do that. I haven't, but I want to do that. Me too. Same. <laughs> all right, CD. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Insta love. I know that's oh. super boring, but like, I love the insta love. I love where the guy just falls madly in love with her right away. And you know, there's always issues that they got to overcome, but I, I love love. I'm such a cheese ball. Hard pass. Enemy solvers. 
<laughs> yeah. Hard pass. I'm like very much so alpha female. And I don't know if you guys have, I don't know if you have TikTok, Bella, but uh, have you seen that TikTok trend where it's like, uh, oh my God, where it's like in me talking to a guy and it's like a very soft female voice. And then it's like me when my like alpha side comes out at parties trying to like dominate other men. And it's, like, it's like a very like, much so deeper voice. I was like, bro, that's literally, that's me. That's no, me. but that's awesome. But can I tell you, I had such a oh, TikTok man. So um, I, you read Under Pressure. I loved writing Under Pressure because I loved that I got to spin it a little bit. And it was the heroine really kind of saying, I want him. This is worth it. I'm going to fight for it. I want him. Yeah. I have gotten three one-star reviews because they all didn't like that she was the one pursuing him. <gasps> Swear to God. Swear to God. They're like, ah, you know, pathetic woman pursuing a man. But if the man was the one pursuing her, it would be like, oh, he's so swoon worthy. He wants her. He's going for it. But because yeah. she was the one that was like, I want this. This is worth it. She's pathetic. And I get like angry. And I generally could care less. Like whatever a review is a review. I love all reviews. They get us out there. We need them. I try yeah. not to read the bad ones. But like three people said the same thing. And I want to be like, listen, listen, she is not pathetic. She knows what she wants. He's saying he wants <gasps> I listen people in the romance genre women hate women women love to hate on other women like the female characters are the hardest things to sell like a dude we could make him a mass murderer of serial children of killing children and then have him apologize one time and mm -hmm. he's, you know the love of everybody's life right Mm -hmm. But I have a, I'm not going to say who the author is, uh, but I have one author that I read pretty like religiously that I love and her female characters get shit on like that too, because her female characters are one, like, if you read her in the entirety of her books in the beginning, the female characters are the ones that heavily pursue the males. Like they are like super in love and like super swoony and they heavily pursue that with the male and then the male's kind of like this jackass that blows them off but then throughout the book you start to see how the woman like becomes like in control of the situation and mm -hmm. in those roles so the man like ends up like fucking up hard and the women like realize their worth and like try to move on and then they're like shit I fucked up I gotta fix it you know and yeah. then the women are in control and people shit on her for their female characters because they pursue the male. And I'm like, yeah. but in real life, you would be like, yes, right. queen, I love the right. Exactly, exactly. That frustrated me so much. I had one person actually say, this is an F for me. That was what it was. I think pretty sure it was somebody from TikTok. That's why TikTok, like between what you said about alpha female and then you were like, oh, TikTok. I'm like, ah. I just saw this one and it irked the crap out of me and it was like the third one I've gotten and I'm just like people why can't a woman go after what she wants a man can go after what he wants let her do it she's a strong woman she's a smart woman she's got her own damn career her own damn money she knows she wants him let her go for it she's independent let her do her thing honestly because like I said women are so hard on other women mm -hmm. and not to mention it's like it's just, I don't know, like, it's not, it's a double standard. A lot of things are, like, double standard when it comes to men and women, and it makes me salty, but whatever, it's fine. Okay, so that is our <laughs> final question for you, Bella. Um, you've been amazing, and we want to thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us, um, and congratulations on your newest release, Under Pressure. We're going to leave a minute for you to talk about where to get your books and talk about yourself. If you've got a sale or a recent book release or anything of that nature and let our listeners where to find you. 
the floor is yours. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I was a little nervous, but it was so much fun. Um, all of my books are available on Amazon. They're all in Kindle Unlimited. Um, like MJ just said, my last one released last week, it's called Under Pressure. It is the final book in the series, but the series is all interconnected standalones. You do not need to start with the first one to read it all. Um, total standalones, you're safe to go with any of them. And my next one will be out in December. So be on the lookout for a cover reveal in about a month. That'll be Amazon too. All of them are staying in Kindle Unlimited. I love it. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. And we hope to chat with you soon. Thank you.